Welcome to the Bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And welcome back to Yule Part 2. Woohoo! Episode bow, 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 bow. 17. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I watched a movie. It's actually been a couple of weeks now, and I've already watched it three times. By the time this podcast comes out, who knows how many more times I will have watched it, and I am dying to talk to you about it. What? Is, what is it? It's the happiest season. Have you seen it? Yay! I love that movie. And part of my love for it is that it's amazing. And part of my love for it is the very divisive ending. There's so much drama. People either love that ending or they are so pissed. And I, I don't want to give it, give it away if you haven't seen it. But oh my gosh, probably most of you have seen it by now. And if you haven't, please go see it. Please watch it. It is the very first holiday movie with two lesbians at the center. Uh, Dan Lev... Um, yeah. Dan, Levy. Dan Levy's in it, and he is mm-hmm. hysterical. And he's so funny. Aubrey Plaza, Kristen Stewart, and Haley. Um, the character's name is Haley McKenzie something. She. Oh, the writer? No, no. The writer is awesome, and her name is escaping me. The, I'm terrible with names. I think it's Jane. Oh no, the character's name is Jane. M- yeah. McKenzie plays Haley. McKenzie was in the newest Terminator. As, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and that's the only thing I knew her from. And then, yeah. It is such a good movie. It's well-written. Yeah. Um, it made me so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Uh, you'll understand why when you see it. And if you know, you know. I think we can say there are some homophobic triggers, but that is part of what the screenwriters are dealing with, part of the storyline. You can see that in the previews. But also, it was like, here you go, Corey. Merry Christmas. Here are these beautiful women to look at. Oh, my goodness. I have such a crush on Kristen Stewart and on Aubrey Plaza. So I have a crush on Aubrey Plaza. It is true. And Kristen is totally growing on me, so much so that I tried to watch Twilight yesterday. It was a huge mistake. Oh, no. Don't do that. I know. I know. I tried, and I just was like... I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. But objectively speaking, I don't think they're great movies. But Kristen Stewart is a delight. Yeah, sorry. I don't mean to insult anybody if you love the Twilight movies. I apologize. Oh, my bad. My bad. I'm old. No, I'm not. I've got to stop saying that, too. But there's a moment that you probably have seen in, like, stills or promotional shots where Kristen Stewart's leaning against a piano in a white button-down and an undone black tie. And I was just like... Whoever made this costume decision is doing the Lord's work, and I really appreciate it. (laughs) So I was watching it with my wife, and I turned to her and went, oh, my God, that was you 30 years ago. Where's that outfit? Please grab that and put it on now. (laughs) I kid you not. My wife owns that outfit in many different colors, as a matter of fact. Like the roughly roughly tucked shirt and like the black tie. Uh, Unbuttoned. Get me started on -hmm. women in suits. Mm. Ooh! Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It's a beautiful film. (laughs) It's a very beautiful film. And it's really funny. It is really funny. And I come down on the side of enjoying the ending, knowing that it's a romantic comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I think there. I think there's some really good stuff about how they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you. But the argument could be made for the ending. A lot of people wish it had. Well, that's so, just because. You know, well, we can't say anything without spoilers. We can't say. I will say. And we this. won't say. I will say that I think the reason the ending works the way it does, and this isn't giving away anything, so don't worry about spoilers. But I will say that Dan Levy has a little speech at the end of the movie, <laughs> and you just go, oh. Yes. And then when you get to the end of the film, you go, yeah, and he was right. And the film is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And there are lots of ways you could rewrite it. But this is Clea and Mary's screenplay. It's a happy ending because it's a rom-com. Yeah. Uh, And just like in Shakespeare's time, it has to end happy if it's a romantic play. I mean, among Um, other things, they make fun of being an orphan all the way through. (laughs) God. There's some dark comedy as well. Dan Levy 
I messaged him on Instagram because his inbox is open on Instagram and I know he's not going to see it and I know it's going to get buried. But I just like had to tell him, I was like, your smile could light up a billion Christmas trees. You wonderful human. Yeah, he really is a wonderful Um, human. He's a delight and uh, he, I just love him so much. So it's a good film. So that's what I have been just to, to talk about because I want to hear what other people think about it. I want to watch the new Jingle Jangle. Oh, I want to watch that too. That's Netflix, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. We recently watched Klaus again. I don't know if you all have seen the movie Klaus. It's a it's K A it's K L A U S and it's a Netflix animated movie and it's wonderful. Who's in that? I think I have seen that. J.K. Simmons plays Klaus. It's a toy maker, right? I mean, yes. It's about a postman. Thank you. Yes, I have seen it. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love that film. Thank you I, for reminding me. We watched me. it like, I think we watched it five times last year mm-hmm. and we might watch it as many this year. It's it's beautiful and it's got Rashida Jones mm-hmm. and it's it's so good. And it's got uh, Joan Cusack. Who is my <laughs> idol. She does some amazing work, that Joan girl. Yeah, I she's like amazing. Her. I like I John, so too. I've watched a John lot too. of bad films because John was in them. I wish he'd do films I liked more. Just every <laughs> once in a while. Same when thing I... with Michael Fassband- Fassbender. Am I saying his name right? Yeah. I like him, uh, you know, or I did like him as uh, X-Men guy, younger, Ian sure. McClellan. So I started watching some of his other films and... Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Again, makes not my... to get into anybody's yum, as you put it. If you like, he makes idiot. my hackles raise. Does he? Why? On a personal level? Oh, I don't know. Like as a person. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh But about the Cusacks, uh, they're a delight. I worked yeah. Comic Con one year when they were guests, and uh, they just like are such bros. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, that. Like they're so sweet, and they're just like always together, and they're very quiet. And they're like super chill and they're just super nice and great. So I have a friend who works for a publication of some note <laughs> and she is a movie critic and I don't have permission to say her name on this podcast, so I won't as of yet. But she was telling stories one time went pre-COVID when we were able to get together for dinner and she was talking about somebody who I really loved and then was talking about what a jerk he was in the interview. And I was like, no, no, you can never do that again. If somebody's a jerk, just don't tell us. But of course, I read all of her work. And I said, hey, I saw you interviewed such and such. And she went, uh-huh. And it got really quiet. I went, and that's just as bad. <laughs> I, said, I said, you're not saying anything. And that is absolutely just as bad as saying something. So now I know that they're a jerk, too. That just really. But she did interview Julie Andrews. And uh, Julie Andrews is a goddess in all the ways that you expect her to be. She's absolutely divine and spent... That's all you ever hear yeah, about her. Yeah. Yeah. She spent the morning with her and that was supposed to be it and ended up staying because Julie just kept saying, why don't you come with us to this? Come with us to that. Come with us to... And so she ended up spending almost 12 hours with her. It was the best day of her life. Wow. Other than, you know, getting married and, you know, being in love with her. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. So. Sure. All the things we're supposed to say. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to chat about before we dive in? So many things, but no. Let's let's go. All right. Well, thanks for uh, getting through our little chat. Hope it w- was as fun for you as it was for me. <laughs> We're going to head straight out to the fire today because last week we did all the history. And this year? This year? No. I'm not drunk, I swear. Uh, this week. <laughs> what is time? Nothing. Who knows? Nothing. It's a flat circle. Anyway, uh, this week, we are going to go straight into ritual and celebration. And for that, we need to be around that roasty, toasty bonfire. I'm grabbing my peppermint hot cocoa. Oh, jealous. Okay. Last year, my friend KK and I had a day where we just made hot cocoa, like fancy shit. We had like big marshmallows and we made the cocoa out of like real chocolate Mm. and then we like put a candy cane in the side so it made it be pepperminty on the inside as it melted and we did like fresh homemade whipped cream and sprinkles oh that sounds so wonderful i miss her oh (laughs) i miss people 
I'm so lucky to have my wife. So we're just going to move right into talking about all the things that we do. So my wife is doing rum balls this year. She has done them before but hasn't done them for a couple of years, and now she's going back to them. And I just absolutely love and adore them. So right along with that peppermint hot chocolate. There we go. So peppermint, the reason I keep emphasizing that is because that's a real Yule tradition, and it's a real winter solstice Oh, you know, I have to say, wait, I'm going to pull back on that. I don't I don't know that I have my sources to say that it's winter solstice, but it is definitely a Yule tradition, peppermint, going back all the way back to the Victorian age at least and probably before. It makes your mouth feel like it's winter oh, so inside your mouth. It does. It keeps all the nice and cool. So does wintergreen. Yeah. All those mint families, I absolutely love them. And the magical correspondences with mint family, oh, my gosh, so wonderful. Off topic, mm-hmm. and you can cut this if you want. I finally found a deodorant that I like that like doesn't make my armpits break out and like has natural ingredients, and it's that native. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, native deodorant. No. But the one I got, I got a three pack. They're like little tubies, and one of them is called Candy Cane. So my pits smell like peppermint. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. No, this everybody <laughs> needs to know that. I think so. Yes. Hey everybody, my pits smell like peppermint. <laughs> We're not drinking. We swear. Well, actually, I am. I am drinking. Can you see my cup? Do you see my cup? Oh, I love Isn't it. It's that got awesome? Christmas it, trees and owls and witchy things because it's Very from, cool. I I shouted them out a couple of weeks ago, the Witch Daily podcast. Oh. She drinks tea and talks about tea and she has started making tea to, that you can order. I don't know if they've got any of their peppermint Oh, I'm going to not get the names. Orange Besom is one. It's the one I'm drinking right now. And they do a peppermint one as well. Peppermint candy cane, candy cane lane or something like that. It's absolutely wonderful. And they were all, I'm on her Facebook page as well, they were all expecting to really love the candy cane lane and um, not the Orange Besom. And I was the other way around. I thought, I'm going to love the Orange Besom, which I do, but I am addicted to the peppermint one and I cannot stop drinking it and it has caffeine in it. It's really hard that to stop. Yeah, things. doesn't it? Yeah. But it's absolutely wonderful. But I suggest you can order tea from her if they have any in right now. It's limited. It's On just, that same yeah. tea note, mm-hmm. I found the teaspoon I want. Mm. I was on the hunt for teaspoons. You were. Tell is, me. Um, it's from that company called Tamed Wild. Oh, Yeah. Uh, they're beautiful, and I want to get them. They come in a two-pack. Okay. So I'm going to get them, and I'm going to be super excited about you it. You have Merry to, Christmas to me. You know, Christmas Yule is coming. You need to put your list out there and let other people get you some things first before you buy for yourself. Yeah, I'm just saying. People, I'm very difficult to buy for, as I've been told many times by friends and loved ones, because Corey, quote, Corey, you just... You say you want a thing, and I put it on the list to get you, and then you buy it for yourself, and then it's impossible. And I'm like, oh, here you're right. <laughs> Sorry. But I found teaspoons, and I'm going to get them, and I'm very excited. I'm very excited for you. I can't wait to see them and share them on Instagram. So Yule. <laughs> Yule, Yule. Winter solstice. Christmas. All those celebrations. Christmas, of course, as we know, adopted a lot of things from pagan and other myth- other mythologies. Yeah. You know what we haven't mentioned once yet? What? Those eight crazy nights. Oh, Hanukkah. I'm so sorry. And that is, by the time you hear this, Hanukkah will have started because it started on December 10th. So it started a week ago when you hear that. Yep. Yep. A week and a day. Oh, my gosh. Adam. I'm so sorry. Adam Sandler. Not Adam from the Bible. And, and all my fellow Jews, I'm so sorry. We actually just pulled the menorah out yesterday. Do you get like, do you get like wild with your menorah candles? Do you put like witchy, colorful candles in it? Our menorah is a gay pride menorah. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> and uh, we just pulled the candles out yesterday as well because they're really thin and tiny. Our particular menorah is really thin and tiny. I'm really looking forward to latkes. I'm gonna make. I'm not Jewish, but I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna make latkes this year, just because. I think that potato freaking pancakes oh are the dopest thing on the planet, 
and I am too scared to make donuts. Oh. So. oh, so good. I will start with one of my favorite things to bake for Yule, and that would be the Yule log, not the one you burn, but the one you roll. Or this year, instead of a real Yule log, because there are only two of us, I have decided to make mini Yule logs. And really, everybody, if you've ever made a Yule log, you're going to go, mini Mini Yule Logs, what are those? They're ho-hos, everyone. That is basically what they are. I'm going to roll some sponge cake with some cream inside and decorate it like a log with some mistletoe on top of it. And in case you don't know what a Yule Log is, there are two different kinds. There is the one that you burn. That was a tradition that was started by the Norse, or at least that we know of that was started by the Norse. And I want to stop and say something here. We talk a lot about history and doing your research and doing the work. That is really important. But I also want to point out a huge part that maybe we don't talk about enough is finding your own relationship with being a witch. Once you've started to explore your own traditions, if something doesn't work for you and you want to put in your own unverified personal gnosis or you're talking with your deities if you have them, different correspondences and traditions come into your celebration or your ritual if you're not celebrating. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So please, even though we love doing the history and we love geeking out, don't ever let that eclipse your own personal relationship with being a witch. But it's good to know that the Yule Log began in Norway. It was a felled tree that they rolled in and they burned. And nowadays, we use different types of trees, sometimes bound up different types of wood and then decorate them with things like mistletoe and cranberries. We use our previous Christmas tree. I find that that is a way to honor that life that spent time with us last winter. And usually that's pine, but a lot of people use aspen. And I know that the druids, although it's a winter solstice thing, not necessarily yule log, that they burnt mistletoe and sometimes oak. Oak was a very sacred tree to them. But nowadays we decorate it. We put pine cones on it and dried berries such as cranberries, cuttings of mistletoe and holly, uh, things that mean something to us, maybe feathers, and stones that we might pick out of the fire later or bury with the ashes somewhere. Some people put ribbons on it. Other families will add their intentions to the Yule log to be burnt or something that they're grateful for to be burnt to send out into the universe. And then there's the one that you eat and you can look that up and I am sure that Corey and I will post pictures of ours and that is a sponge cake and you put cream in it and you roll it up and you decorate it very much like you decorate the one you're going to burn with frosting versions of mistletoe and cranberries and there are just some gorgeous pictures out there if you're a baker you can find these well even if you're not a baker you can find those just Type in Yule Log recipes and look at all the fabulous pictures. So I just wanted to interject. In case you didn't know, every time we said, what's a Yule Log? That's what a Yule Log is. And I will be burning mine in my bonfire on the 21st and also eating one. And like I said, we're going to make mini ones that look like ho-hos. I am trying a Yule Log for the first time this year. Congratulations. I just got my tin in the mail. Because I didn't have a pan that was appropriate. So wait a minute, you're you're speaking a language I do not know. How are oh, how are so you going to make your yule log? I'm going to make the sponge. Yeah. In the little tin. There's like a there's like a specific sized cake tin. Do you watch Bake Off? I do watch Bake Off. <laughs> that's where that's where I refined my because I'd been trying to make yule logs everyone for years and I refined. Well, you know they're like little square, like this high, very sharp corners. Little Which tins? episode of Bake Off is this? The episode Tangent, where they make Yule Logs? No, the one, uh, the one I know that they make Yule Logs, they roll them with their... Yes. So, yeah. But to make the sponge... Oh, oh my God, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I so was I got like, a new sponge I was like, tin. you have a tin in the shape of a Yule Log? What? No. <laughs> I'm going to make the sponge, I'm going to roll it up, and I'm going to try to decorate got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Now I'm there. So I'm very excited about that this year. 
I did just watch the holiday Bake Off, American Holiday Bake Off. I totally binged it last night. It was not our intention, but we did. And they, I introduced, I love custard. I love making custard. Oh, and love they custard. had the custard bath pans, which now I also want to put on my Yule list. Yeah. I love custard. <laughs> yeah, I love it. My favorite thing to make at Christmas time is biscochitos. Okay, tell me about those. I don't know what they are. Biscochitos are a cookie. They are a cinnamon sugar cookie uh, with anise and brandy in them. Star anise or star anise. It can be pronounced either way. Its correspondences and magical uses are clairvoyance, luck, protection. It's huge in protection. Uh, Power generator. It's used for banishing evil, prophetic visions and clarity. Sometimes it is substituted for licorice root. Again, for control over yourself, I just want to encourage that again. And it's used in a lot of wonderful, fabulous winter and fall, and especially Yule winter solstice and also Samhain drinks, which I absolutely love so much. And if I'm remembering right, I think it's related to the element of air and water and it is definitely third eye or crown related. It has to do with all of that clairvoyance and prophetic vision properties that it contains. Okay, that's all I got for Star Anas right now. Indeed. I use my abuela's recipe, which is apparently uh, considered the best for several counties. I think they're really good, and anytime I make them, people take a bite and make a face and go, huh, and then suddenly they've eaten, like, nine of them because they're good, but they're odd, but they're so addicting. What, so what are they exactly? Te- describe them Biscochitos? one more time. Yeah, describe them with the anise and... Are, are oh, they... yeah, they're just like a... They're like a New Mexican snickerdoodle, kind of. <gasps> oh, snickerdoodles. But they're smaller. They're, like, this big. All right. Oftentimes they're called wedding cookies, but they're also Christmas cookies. And my abuela makes like a whole freezer full. I remember when we went to visit a couple of years ago, she pulled a bag out from the last Christmas and was like, here you go. So, (laughs) but she has like, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but a thousand grandchildren and great grandchildren. So, so let's talk a little bit about correspondences and symbols of the season for Yule and winter solstice. Yeah herbs that these might sound really familiar if you've been practicing Christianity and Christmas for a long time. And by the way, I am not throwing shade on Christmas at all. I love Christmas. Like I said, I celebrate many of the holidays. I celebrate Hanukkah, Yule, Solstice, and Christmas. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful time of year. And as we talked about last episode, it's all about the sun coming back. And nobody actually knows when Jesus Christ's birthday is, but we suspect it sometime in April. But the church moved it to December to try to get the pagans to give up their celebration and honor the church. So there's that. Some of the herb correspondences, bay laurel, blessed thistle, chamomile, which are not the most common ones known, but these are a little bit more common. Frankincense and myrrh, cinnamon, evergreen, holly and ivy, juniper. Uh, Juniper is really interesting. We drink it in gin. Gin, baby! It's really great. As far as eating it, you, you just have to be careful. It can be hard on your liver. Yeah, all alcohol, but juniper, things made with juniper especially. So just remember, small doses, just like when we talked several episodes ago about real licorice, you have to be careful. Mm, You can overdose mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. it. Uh, Mistletoe, which if you get our newsletter, you'll find out a little bit more about mistletoe. Oak leaves, pine, pine cones, poinsettias, rosemary, sage, and wintergreen. Can I make a quick side note about poinsettias? Oh, and anise as well. Yes. I hate poinsettias. They're really bad for cats. I do. Why do you hate them? They're really bad for cats and the environment. Oh, I don't know the environment Uh, stuff. Tell me more. They're just, they're um, a tropical plant. Well, they're not tropical, but like the places that they grow the best for Christmas, it takes an incredible environmental toll. Also, I think they're ugly. (laughs) I think they're a really ugly plant. I think they're beautiful, but I don't ever have them in my house because my cats like to eat cats. My cat, one of my stupid kitties, whom I love and adore, started eating 
Spud. <laughs> the plant you gave me. So I've now had to oh, no. move him into my room. So Because he is just flourishing. What kind of planet is it again? It's a pepper. He's a pepperomia. Pepperomia. Two different kinds of pepperomias, yeah, actually. I call him Spud. Anyway. I love that. He is growing like gangbusters. Um, not a Christmas plant, but kind of looks like it could be. It You know, yeah. it glows. It's sparkly. I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Uh, uh, but poinsettia is. They're beautiful, but they're not my, no, not my not thing. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Animals. No, the goat, no the bears here. The bears, the deers, the owls, the phoenix is Ooh. associated with Yule. Of course it is, because what are we doing, everyone? Death and rebirth. This is what's going yeah. on. The sun dies, and then it starts to come back longest night. So just really keep those kind of magical correspondences in your head. Reindeers, snow geese, Goats. squirrels, what? Goats. Goats. Stags and wrens and ravens, because personally I think ravens and crows should be involved in everything. So those are your animal correspondences. Uh, let's talk about some Yule color correspondences. Again, probably no shocker to everybody. Can I guess? Can yes, I guess? Yes, go. Okay. Red, yes. green, and gold. Yes. And one other. And silver. And uh, silver or white. Yep, absolutely. You get a gold star that you can... I got an A-plus from the teacher. <laughs> and they're great to remember when you're doing candle work this... And, and candle work this time of year. And we've already done a candle magic episode. So if you want to find out a little bit more about that. Oh, also, there's a new book coming out. I'll have to look at it and see if it's... If I think it... I'll have to look and review it and uh, see what you all think of it. So Yule Foods, which we've already kind of been talking about our own personal traditions, but also... You know, real uh, traditional, which uh, apple cider, which is one of my favorites. I know that a lot of time it gets put into Halloween and then never brought up again, but I love it, love it, love it. Uh, apple cider is my favorite holiday it? drink. Yeah. yeah, I love. Because it, it can be refreshing, mm-hmm. but it can also be really decadent. And you can add and things. it's really good when it's spiked. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you can add all those great things to it. Cinnamon. Uh, dried fruits are big right now, again, because of getting through the winter and stores, um, going through your stores, things you've saved and harvested. It's why we get all those great fruit cakes. which, by the way, have you ever had a fruit cake? My Aunt Kathleen makes little fruit cakes for us every year, and I always get two because I save one and I eat the whole thing in one sitting, sliced with butter. And then I save one for, like, summertime when I'm sad and then it's not Christmas anymore. And I wish, like, my family was around. And then I eat the other loaf. (laughs) So I have a question for you. So I know that fresh, they're absolutely wonderful. And they get a bad rap all the time. Is it still just as good in the summer? Yes. I think the problem is people get them when they're mass-produced. Oh, no, no. And, and, yeah, and they're just really, really bad. So Make a fruitcake. Make a fruitcake if you're so inclined. Make yourself a fruitcake because you're going to be blown away Mm. by how good it is. Like, they're spicy and sweet and the chewy preserved fruit. Oh, And mince meat. And then you slice it and cover it in butter and then just... Yeah, a good fruitcake to me reminds me of mince meat. Mince meat pies. Mince meat pies, which, by the way, do not have meat in them. You can, They're made out of dried fruits yeah. and you can, delicious, delicious things. Yeah, I know some people put um, suet in their mince There's meat. vegetable suet. You yeah, can use vegetable you can, suet. You can, yeah, it, it, which is totally fine. So other, um, other stuff is mulled wine. Mead is really big this time of year, but mulled wine is one of my favorites, and Tammy hates it. So I don't know how we're going to do it this year because I'm going to make I Yeah. I bought a bottle of Snoop Dogg's red wine. What? So I could make mold wine out yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to you, you don't want to get really crappy wine, but um not it's... the top of the barrel for yeah. <laughs> mold wine. Yeah. So I bet his will fall in between. I think I saw you. I bet. Do that. I yeah. saw it. Okay, so I was standing in line at the grocery store and the display of Snoop Dogg's wine was there, and I was like, this is rude because I love Snoop and I don't like wine. You don't, I don't like wine? Uh, no, red wine ma- gives me migraines. Oh, well, yes. 
Unless I mull it. I was just going to like heat it up and cook it out. So red wine also gives me headaches, except when I mull it. So with cloves. Mullet. I forgot to mention cloves in my herbal correspondences. because Another thing that you will have a fun craft opportunity for if you get our newsletter. Yeah, check that out. And uh, and now I'll move to goddesses. Uh, Aphrodite, Bridget, Demeter, Fortuna, who I do not know at all. Gaia, Hell, Ishtar, and Isis. And I'm sure there are wow. others as well. That makes me want to look into Fortuna. And Frigga, of course. Uh, if you're yes. in Norse, mine's Bridget is one that I always associate with um, in bulk. Not really Yule, but I know some people do. And all right, so this is the rabbit hole I went down, everyone. I'm ready. Okay. I went down the orange rabbit hole. I did. That sounds like a filthy euphemism. Maybe it is. No, it's not. <laughs> so oranges are really big at Christmas, and I was like, that's got to be a new thing. That's got to be a new Wiccan, neo-pagan thing because nobody could get oranges. No, that's not true. So oranges were a sign of wealth and fortune, but somehow, some way, a lot of people who were not wealthy and not royal got their hands on oranges, and I'm still digging down that rabbit hole, uh, for Christmas. And it, it was one of, or sometimes the only gift given at Christmas time were oranges. And I love oranges, uh, dehydrated orange peels. And that is a huge thing along with cranberries and, oh, cranberries. Uh, see, didn't write everything down. There's so much to you. But cranberries and popcorn strings, they also sometimes will put dehydrated oranges, like orange slices on them. I love dehydrated oranges and orange slices in my tea, which, and I just absolutely adore it. It originated in China, and there's so much time I could spend on this, and I just won't. But let me tell you, if you want to research some history of the orange and where it comes from and originates, it's really fascinating. And That's amazing. Yeah, and it, it became... I still have not... I, I read a couple of warring ideas about how it became a Christmas thing, but the big one is in the Victorian era when uh, peasants, so to speak... We used it as gift giving, and it was a real luxury to have, especially in the middle of winter. I love that. That's as far as I'll go. I also love oranges. Um, they're such a cool thing, and one of my favorite holiday crafts involves an orange and cloves. And I've hung up my, I made a pomander three years ago, and I hung it up to uh, last week. It's still still kicking, still smells great. I use it to keep watch over my kitchen. May I ask, why what? doesn't it get moldy? Uh, let me tell yeah, you. please do. It's because it dries. Is that because of the cloves? So that it it's dry? because of the cloves. And uh, that's why the more cloves, the better your orange will last. Mm. So, like, there are some people make that are decorative, that are, like, swirly patterns and lots of exposed orange. And those are pretty, but they're not going to take. They're not going to, like, stay. Um, mine is three years old and it smells great. It's amazing. You know what other orange comes around solstice? I get one every solstice from a family member. The chocolate orange? Yep. Yep. If that's it. not in my stocking, I will throw a fit. <laughs> every year. Yep. Every year. I take it out of the box. I smack it against my mom's brick fireplace <laughs> and just go nuts. Yeah. So Corey. I love those. What type of rituals do you do for Yule or winter solstice? Well... Part of my practice this time of year is I like to make people's gifts. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great practice. This year, that's different. I don't have the brain space or the physical or mental energy to do that. So I split the difference and I bought my family, my immediate family, gifts from like small businesses. And Adrian and I aren't exchanging gifts this year because I was just like, hey, it would make me a lot less anxious if we just didn't do that. And he was like, deal. So so we're not doing gifts this year. But I am making a bunch of cookies. Baking is a large mm -hmm. part of my practice this time of year. I do a lot of my path working this time of year. Could you talk uh, a little bit about that? You've talked about path working before. Yeah. And when you say path working, and I know a lot of people have a lot of different definitions about it. What is? What do you mean when you say it? Well, it's like a sort of intentional meditation. 
it took me several months of doing it, but I created a sort of place in my conscious. Like, uh, I don't want to say mind palace because that's too Sherlock Holmes, but it's like a place. Like I made a place and I meditate and I go there. Um, depending on how it goes, I either sit and wait or I walk around and it's a place where I can get information and visits and communicate with whatever is willing to communicate with me but it's kind of exhausting yeah so I don't do it all the time but I do it a lot at wintertime because I'm a little more candle focused in the wintertime mm-hmm. and candles are a big part of that for me they help me get there that's a big part of my practice um, which actually now makes a lot of sense because of the tie-in with ancestral work mm-hmm. that I didn't know about previously I also this will be my first year celebrating yule with like a real setup like an altar and everything but i'm planning on making myself a little yule broom and maybe making a popcorn string and i'm gonna do a lot of cooking a lot of baking i'm excited because i kind of just want to make cookies yeah like constantly and my friend nikki god she's in this episode a lot hi nikki my friend nikki is uh she makes the best sugar cookies on this planet Mm like at me i promise you they're the best and she gave me her recipe and i like try to make them as good as her every year that's my sort of thing i do i want to i like to make gingerbread houses and like part of it for me is like the feeling of festival and like decoration i think it makes it special so sort of defining this time as special is a big part of my practice that's nice But I'm excited to try the Yule log because I've never made one before. It's really fun. And my new attempts usually go one of two ways, which is catastrophic failure or, like, catalog ready. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Either way, I bet it will taste great. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, cooking is a big part of my ritual celebration as well. We do... It's so interesting because we... As a family, we went back and forth between having a lot of private time on solstice to celebrate, or sometimes that would be our caroling night, and we would carol with a lot of old-fashioned pagan carols, which brings me to one of my other rituals, which is singing. I sing a lot all year long anyway, but very specific songs this time of year, and I like to bring out the Christians and the Pagans by Dar Williams, which I absolutely adore. Do you know that song? No, but if you don't record some of those carols for me, I'm going to be very sad. I'll record some of them. I will. Okay. That'll be fun. Because that little adorable p- prayer you taught me oh, yeah. is so sweet and wonderful. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You should just record all the songs you know. I, 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 I'll, I'll see what the legality behind that is, and maybe I'll <laughs> But, yeah, singing is, is huge and huge for us. And yesterday, well, by the time you hear this, several weeks ago, my wife and I pulled out. We have this karaoke machine. I don't know why we have it, but it's this little amplifier with a microphone, and we just pulled out the microphone and started walking around the house with this microphone. But singing's huge. I really like, and there's a great woman, she's really well known in the witch community, Patty Wigginton. She works for Learn Religions. Oh, I love that website. I do too. I really love it. And I love all of her stuff. And I usually agree with her 5 million, 10 trillion percent. But she doesn't like the tradition of writing your own lyrics for existing holiday music. And I really do. I like new music too. But there is something about the carols that we grew up with that I really, really like, but I don't always like how religious they are. That's not my religion. So I really enjoy the practice of rewriting carols with pagan lyrics. And she was she was kind of down on that. I don't want to say she was she wasn't nasty about it by any stretch, but she was like, why do that? Why not just write your own? And I do like the idea of writing our own. And I, I do want to do that and keep doing that. But I like the traditional carols that we grew up with. One of my favorite uh, musical comedians, Tim Minchin. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he wrote the musical Matilda. Anyway, uh, he has a song called White Wine in the Sun, and he's talking about celebrating Christmas in Australia. And uh, he talks about the music, and he says, uh, some of the songs have nice chords, but the lyrics are dodgy. 
And that's how I feel about Christmas carols. (laughs) Yes. I mean, there are some secular ones like Winter Wonderland and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It's pretty. Absolutely. Yeah. Karen Carpenter can... Dolly has a new Christmas album out. A new one? Oh. It's called Holly Dolly Christmas. Oh, right. She was on the Thanksgiving Day Parade, kind of, from her own studio, very quarantined with people that she was quarantining with, which was, I was very proud that they were not there. But yeah. Yes. And so, is it, have you heard it yet? No. Secular, religious, a little bit of the... No idea. No? Probably a little bit of both, because yeah. it's Dolly. Yeah. The other thing that I do a lot, I would not call it pathworking. It's not the same thing. I don't think that you do, but I do a ton of candle magic this time of year. And I have a ritual and we do spell work that honors this time of year and a lot of gratitude practice and intentions and self-reflection. I won't call it pathworking. It's not the same thing that you do. And I also write a yearly ghost story because that used to be a really, as you pointed out, that used to be a really big deal around the Yuletide and Christmas past. I have no idea if it was a winter solstice tradition. And I also try to rest (laughs) because that's important this time of year and we're supposed to be hibernating the bear. There's also, um, in like ancient practices for Yule, there's a thing that I think a lot of people get really scared of when they hear it, which is uh, the word sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Now that used to be different and literal and like animals and stuff sometimes sometimes um there is like records that are potentially true potentially exaggerated whatever of some really old like traditions where they would you know bring an animal in but then they would like eat it and it was like a community thing that they did Mm -hmm. um but i think I think that in a modern context, sacrifice can mean something different. And I think that if you're going to sacrifice something up, you can kind of like decide what that's going to be. Like, I would like to sacrifice up some personal habits that I have. Or I would like to sacrifice up some ideas that I'm ready to let go of. Um, Yeah, like giving up fear, giving up guilt. Yeah, If, if that is for you, like it is for me in it's an easier access point to me for like actually letting go of stuff, then that can be like a really helpful practice this time of year too. Like I offer up these things as sacrifice because I don't, I don't want them. I'm giving them up. The idea of a little sacrifice to make the world a better place, I think is okay. Everything in moderation. Yeah. But speaking of crows, there's a crow that keeps coming to the tree outside my balcony and by the time I get like a piece of bread or like a cracker or something, he's gone and I want to try to figure out how to get him to come back. Oh, put a little cheese out. Just don't do it daily. Put da- a little cheese yeah, out? just don't do it daily because, uh, or a little bit of Tybalt's kibble. Oh. Yeah. Cheese and nuts, though, are not as good for crows as... It's they're really fatty. But they're tasty. They I are bet. really tasty, so they really like them. But, yeah. but it's not very good for them. So, my crows have started getting into the squirrels' nuts. <laughs> that sounds really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> nuts. Well, <laughs> but yeah. So we've had to try to hide the food for the squirrels in other little places so the crows don't get them because it's really bad for their liver. So ritual wise. One more thing that I will tell you and share with you that I do, I kind of shared it on the last episode, we talked about it, is winter solstice is an Irish witchcraft. It's an Irish celebration, as well as a lot of other cultural celebrations, winter solstice, which has become wrapped up into Yule for some people. But it's one of the cross-quarter celebrations. And one of the things that I do and have done since I was young was stay up all night, although I don't do it as well anymore, but to stay up all night to see the sun come back, to welcome the sun back. Sometimes what I do now is I'll stay up a little bit later, go to sleep, get up before the sunrise and welcome the sun that day. So if you're not an all-nighter, I turned 38 and all of a sudden it was like, all-nighter does not exist in my world anymore. I cannot stay awake that many hours. 
at a time. Same. But that's one of the rituals that I also do on solstice. I wake up before God does, so I will probably, I have, yeah, I work at 730 and at this time of year, it's dark when I wake up and it's dark when I go to bed. Fortunately, I have my big window, so like I get lots of light. I'll probably spend a little time Monday morning watching the sun come up. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. (sighs) I can't wait. I can't wait for all the delicious baked goods. I will have too many and have to give them to friends. Oh, I also want to mention that Three Goddess Coven is having a live ritual. I think it's Zoom for Solstice on December 19th. And I will get that link and put it in our show notes if you want to attend and watch that online. Also, also, if you're looking for more fun herb correspondence oh, yeah. and things like that, always, I invite you to check out the book Folk Magic and Healing, An Unusual History of Everyday Plants by Fez Inkwright. Detta and I both have copies, and we're losing our collective minds over it. Yes, we are. And that is, I'm so glad you brought it up, because I brought it here on purpose to remind me. It's in my booth right now, and I'll take a picture of it. Actually, it'll probably be on Instagram by the time you listen to this, because, Corey, um, even though I knew about this book before what we're about to tell you happened, what's happening in January with this book? We might maybe get to interview the super cool author. We are. We're interviewing Fez sometime in January because she's coming out with a new book. Yes, she Uh, is. And we're stoked. Oh, yeah. It is called Botanical Curses and Poisons, The Shadow Lives of Plants. I am so excited. And after we interview Fez with the new book, I really want to bring back Gutter Buha. Yes. Talk about those plants. Yeah. Yeah. That would be totally fun. Oh, we're so excited. We're so excited. So, Corey, do you want to send up some sparks? I would love nothing more in the whole world. So, my spark this week... I got introduced to it by someone at work this week because it turns out that in my team, there are a lot of witches. That makes me so so happy. Yes, it's pretty fun. Uh, And uh, that we're all getting to know each other pretty well. And so like, it's coming out of the woodwork that a lot of us are witches. Um, And somebody was like, have you ever heard of hag swag? And I was like, what? So I went to hagswag.ca because it's a Canadian company. And it is technically a subscription box site, but they have a shop and they have such cool stuff. Folks, get me started on the amazing stuff they have. They have rituals like tools and they have books and they have all kinds of amazing things. They have candles and herbs and just like cute aesthetic stuff and ugh hagswag.ca google it you won't be sorry love it i have already googled it and they carry a ton of my favorite books i am so very excited that's totally fun yeah well my spark this week is mj cullen she is a an artist and tarot designer actually i'm gonna do i haven't done this in a while i'm gonna do two shout outs yes So MJ Cullen is one of them, the Crow Tarot, which I have been connecting with, but it is, it's totally, it is the tarot of my goddess and I really love it. And I'm fine that I'm using it specifically for occasions to commune with the goddess. I'm not using it on a daily basis. And she is a single person with a single person business had to get out 2,000 of these tarot cards, and now she's getting out 2,000 orders of the Oracle, the Crow Oracle, which I haven't gotten yet, and I'm very excited about. She's incredibly communicative, and I've talked to her a lot via email, and I just adore her. And she happens to be a Pacific Northwest artist, which I really, really love. And you can tell in her work. It's, it's really quite beautiful. And I think she's a single mom. And bull- You should ask her if she wants to come on here. I'm totally going to do that. 
I'm totally <laughs> reaching out to her. Like, as I want to talk to her. As soon as <laughs> we get off. I to know this cool person. I am writing to her. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, but anyway, I love her cards, and I'm really excited to get the Oracle cards. But my go-to decks today have been somebody we've already shouted out, which is the Modern Witch Tarot, which we absolutely adore. And you've seen on Instagram if you're following us on Instagram. But also the Lightseer deck, which I've also, I talked about way back in one of our first episodes. I want to put out the Empress card. It keeps coming to me, and it's one of my daily decks as well as the modern witch and i just want to say to both of those decks specifically if you're looking for some light in your life right now they are really a way to pull you out of and remind you that the light is coming back um yeah that's what i wanted to say right about on that. yeah and mj yeah. cohen so i'll put i'll put mj up there and i'll refer back to uh previous sparks in our story or something, but we've already shouted them out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Well, awesome. Hey, if you made it this far, thanks for sticking yeah, with us. Happy Yule. Um, happy Yule. I hope that your celebration is filled with light and love and yummy foods and smells and, you know, we're going to get through this dark time together. The sun will come back. Yes, it will. And until that time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget, you are magic. Folks, thanks for listening. And if you liked it, please don't forget to rate and review us if you're on Apple. And like us if you're on Spotify. And if you're so inclined, please tell your friends because we would love to have them along for the fun as well. Don't forget to leave that review because that really helps other people find this podcast. We also love it when you ask us questions, so please feel free to reach out to our Gmail, bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Or our Facebook at bonfirebabble. Or our Instagram at bonfirebabble. Or Twitter at bonfirebabble. I think Twitter is bonfirebabblepodcast. <laughs> what? Go figure. I don't know. So yeah, reach out and find us there. And thanks again for listening. Bonfire Babel would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information on how to support their programs, please visit Real Rent Duwamish.